0: To shift gears a little bit from this, this morning. Thankful for God's move this morning, and I'm grateful for you allowing us to take uh, our liberty and follow the Lord. I, uh, I think you know me well enough to know that when God's moving, that's when I want to step in the water. And when we learn to do that, we're going to see greater things happen. But tonight I want to take you to the Old Testament writings of Deuteronomy, Moses' record of events that transpired in the life of God's people. Deuteronomy is basically a summation of their long journey from Egypt to the promised land. It is a reiterating of all of the things that God had done and all of the things that God had proven himself in to his people as they prepared to step across that Jordan into their new promise. Moses is the writer and he is the main speaker for the most part. So many powerful things... He shares with us in this book of Deuteronomy. But tonight, I want to take you to the third chapter. And I am going to begin reading with verse 21. And really, you you need to take the time to go home tonight and read prior to this. But just step into the flow of what is going on. And the communication that's taking place between Moses and Joshua, Moses and God's people. And verse 21 said, And I commanded Joshua at that time, saying, Thine eyes have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto these two kings, recalling, an incident that they have come through. God miraculously preserved them when they were outnumbered and outmanned and outgunned. But God prevailed for them. And he said, So shall the Lord do unto all the kingdoms whither thou passeth. What a great promise that God gives to Joshua. And you shall not fear them. For the Lord your God, he shall fight for you. And then he turns his prayer to himself. Verse 23 said, And I besought the Lord at that time, saying, O Lord God, Thou hast begun to shew Thy servant Thy greatness and Thy mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or in earth that can do according to Thy works and according to Thy might? I pray Thee, let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Jordan that is ...goodly mountain and Lebanon. But the Lord was wroth with me for your sakes... ...and would not hear me. And the Lord said unto me, Let it suffice thee, speak no more unto me of this matter. Get thee up into the, mount, into the top of Pisgah... ...and lift up thine eyes westward and northward... ...and southward and eastward... ...and behold it with thine eyes... For thou shalt not go over this Jordan, but charge Joshua, and encourage him, and strengthen him. For he shall go over before this people, and he shall cause them to inherit the land which thou shalt see. So we abode in the valley over against Beth Peor. Going back to verse twenty. Four. Oh Lord God, thou hast begun to show thy servant thy greatness. I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight about God's beginnings. God's beginnings. Everybody, say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Moses stood at the close of his life and as Israel is preparing themselves after so long a time to enter into their promised land, a journey that has taken them through many twists and turns, ups and downs, highs and lows. It's a time of instruction It's a time to give unto Joshua and the people of the Lord those last words of command. He is reflecting now over all that has happened. Moses has seen so much from his beginning as God's chosen vessel to lead Israel out of Egypt. And if you go back over Moses' life, you begin to get a glimpse of just how great God had been to his people and to Moses. When you go back to Egypt and you consider the plagues that were brought upon Egypt and how God preserved his own people. And through all of those, they were released To go to their promised land. And how that after being released. Pharaoh changed his mind. And he come pursuing them. And they find themselves trapped between mountains. On two sides. A red sea in front of them. And Pharaoh coming up behind them. And God's command is to stand still and see. And uh, that is exactly what Moses and Israel did. Lift up your rod. And when he lifted that rod up before that great water, the winds began to blow and God separated the Red Sea and he allowed them to pass over to the other side on dry land. I don't remember all the calculations, but my brother has shared that with you in time past. But if they were to have passed together and, and I, it was a mile wide, it would have taken them a significant period of time for all of them to get across that river, that, that great sea of of, uh, of water. And yet they did get across and once they were across the same rod that was lifted to cause the waters to part was lifted and those waters closed in upon Pharaoh who tried to do the same and they saw their enemies drowned in the sea and they marched on and from there you will find God doing one miraculous thing after another. A pillar of cloud by day, and a pillar of fire by night that was with them at all times. waters, and they saw their enemies dying there. The the many things that God was going to do from that day forward, the bitter waters that would be turned sweet and drinkable at a place called Merah and then the quail and then the, the manna that came to them daily for their provisions and the goodness of God that was on them and then the water that came out of the rock. And on and on the story goes. Moses raises his hands and God brings great deliverance to the people of God. And he speaks to him in the mountain and gives them the Ten Commandments and the winds blow and the quail comes and their their desires are satisfied. And On and on the story goes. Deuteronomy 29 and 5 said that one of the great miracles of this 40-year journey was that their shoes did not wear out, their sandals did not wear out, and their clothes did not wear out. What a powerful testimony of God's miraculous work. Amen. Shoes that lasted forty years. Every every husband said, "Praise God!" For amen. Clothes that didn't wear out. And again, every husband said, "Hallelujah." Yeah. Only God could do that. Only God could do the many things that He did for His people. To prove to them over and over and over that he was able to do anything and keep them. And now here Moses is looking back over that life that has passed. He looks back over those days of God's mercy and God's provision and God's goodness and he is impressed with what he sees. He is overwhelmed, no doubt, by what he considers. But what filled Moses with wonder as he neared the end of his journey is not so much what he had seen of God's ways. And it was not so much of the miracles that he had witnessed and he had been participant in it was not even the great truths that God had revealed to him. But when Moses looked back over this life of God's working in their midst, what seized him at that moment was the thought of how much more there was to be known of God. And he said it like this. Lord you have just begun to show us your strength. Now think about that. Forty years of God's witness in their midst. Forty years of miraculous working. Forty years of provision 40 years of a, a cloud and and fire that was constantly with them and yet when Moses looked at that he did not see it as a finality he saw it as only the beginning that when I look back over what God has done in my life and for Israel I am only seeing the beginning of God's work he didn't see the finished product he he only saw that it was God's beginning it was God showing himself for who he was, not his own past, but the trackless leagues that were before them, that in essence, I hear Moses saying, God, if that's just your beginning, what does that speak of my future? What does that speak of your children's future? If that is just your beginning, what does the future hold? What God had done was only a testimony of what he was yet to do and all of this that had happened was just his beginning just his beginning throughout the Bible you will find that God is never represented as a dwindling quantity. That God is never viewed as a vanishing, evaporating, going away quantity. But he is constant and he is forever the same. He is not an exhausted God tonight. He is not a worn out God tonight. He is not a God that's on his last leg. I just want to tell you that for 29 years, God has been providing for Greater Life Church. And I have another word for you. That's only his beginning. That's only God saying, this is what I can do in 29. What can I do in another 29 years? Only heaven will reveal. You see, God's light has only just begun to shine on us. Now, I know that's hard for us to fathom, but age after age has come, and it has written its story upon the tables of time, and yet their story is the same. Oh, Lord... Thou hast begun to show your strength. You have just begun to show us your great power. What they are saying to us tonight is that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. I would tonight that that kind of thought would sanctify our minds and help us understand That what we have witnessed in our past is only a testimony of what God wants to do for our future. And God has only just begun. He has only just begun. It's just the start, my friend. It's not the end. Amen. even though Moses would pass away, God was still just beginning. And though some of us are going to pass from the scene, God is still just beginning. He is just beginning. We think things couldn't get any better than a service like we had this morning. And yet the fact is... God's going to show us that that's nothing compared to what he will yet do. That all of that is, is a testimony and a witness of what I still want to do in your midst. And what I want Greater Life Church to understand tonight is that our history and our story is just God's imprint on this church. That if I could get you this far, if I could take you through what I've taken you through, if you can stand the test you've had to go through already, I just want you to know, you're just seeing the beginnings of what I can do. You don't even begin to understand what I am still capable of doing in your midst. Amen. Those words should lift our hearts tonight beyond the mess and the misery that we are in in this moment and lift our eyes to what God is yet to do. And in the context of that statement, I want you to help me right now. I realize that there are many miracles in this building tonight. Many miracles. There are miracles of healing. Eric, I see you. You're a miracle tonight. The hospitals testified of the miraculous things that God has done and not just her, but I look in every section. There are miracles. You wouldn't be here tonight if it were not for God's miraculous power. I see people that one time were addicted to drugs and alcohol and they're free from that tonight. I see people that were addicted to fear and that were overcome with depressive thoughts. But I see them rejoicing tonight. I see people that were up against the wall. Their back was against the wall. They had nowhere else to go and nothing else to do. And yet God opened the door for them and they walked right through into a greater revelation of God's power. I want you to think... Think about it tonight. What about your miracle? What has God done in your life? Could you testify to God's miraculous power? Could you witness to what God's done? I look back at Sister Debbie tonight and I think about Brother TJ and the miracle of God keeping that man from all that he went through and saving him and he is alive and well tonight. And I just came to tell you that's just God's beginning. That's just God showing us what he can really do. Hallelujah. Yes. Look as far back as you want to look tonight. And you are only looking at your future. Woo. God didn't exhaust all of His healing power when He did that for Brother TJ. He didn't exhaust all of His miraculous working power when He got you out of that mess you were in. How many of you have had financial miracles in your life? I'm talking about not just a dime store kind of miracle. I'm talking about a real financial miracle. You didn't have the money to pay and some... That's, you. It showed up in the mail. It sh- Somebody come by and put something in your hand. When my wife and I were evangelizing, we were so poor, we couldn't hardly pay attention. We didn't know it, though. And our kids didn't know it. We were preaching revival in East Texas. I won't tell you where, but we had gone three weeks without a paycheck. I didn't pray any less fervently. I didn't preach any less fervently. I kind of wondered. God? (laughs) And it was Christmas time. We had only had enough money To get to that next place, gas wise, food wise. Three weeks without a paycheck. No bank account to go back on, no savings account to fall back on. We didn't call our parents whining and crying about it. It's Christmas time, we had two kids. I'm like any other dad, I'm a I'm a sucker for Christmas. I'm I'm just gonna do everything I can. So we did something illegal. I didn't know it was illegal. We couldn't afford a Christmas tree, so I went out on the side of the road, and it's illegal to do this in Texas, by the way. But I cut down a pine tree on the side of the road, a little bitty sapling, and I brought it back, and we had enough money to go to Walmart. And we got one string of lights, and we popped popcorn, and we decorated. And we had a CD that we played, and we would run back and forth in that trailer and scream. The, the pastor actually thought some My wife was having a fight. We were We were tearing that place up. We were bouncing. The kids were bouncing around. We were having such a good time. But in the back of your mind, you know... This story don't look like it's going to end well. We closed the revival. I finally got $75 for three weeks. And even back then, that's not much money, folks. So don't whine about how little you get paid nowadays, all right? You can (laughs) live through anything. we get home, we come to Houston it's Christmas, no more revival for the rest of the year no money in the bank and not much in our pocket and we get home Brother Kilgore doesn't know that I'm coming home but I get a call from my father-in-law and said when you get in town you need to call your pastor he's calling about you okay that either means one of two things <laughs> I was trying to rack my brain what have I done now somebody told something and so we get home and I called Brother Kilgore and he said Brother Hughes I need you to come by the church I need to see you so I go to the church come into his office he reaches over on his desk and he picks up an envelope and he passes across the desk to him. He said, here, somebody come by the church today, gave this to me, said, the Lord laid you on their heart. It was like six or seven hundred dollars. We about passed out. Now I got news for you. That didn't bankrupt God. That didn't tax his bank account or anybody else's bank account. But it was God showing me what he was capable of doing when I let him be the Lord of my life. And what he in essence was saying, that's just a beginning. Don't put a period there, put a comma, because there's more to come. This isn't the end. This isn't all I can do. This is just a witness. So here's what I'm saying tonight. Sitting on these pews right now are countless miracles that if I were to take a mic and pass it around and we had open mic night tonight, we'd never end this service. But there are some of you sitting here right now that you could tell me of miracle after miracle after miracle, and it's all over this building. What am I saying? I'm saying that God's saying that's just His beginning. That's just a foretaste. That's just a witness. That's not the end of the story. That's just a part of the story. So what's coming ahead is going to be as great or greater than what has been behind me. And if that's the truth, then I've got a lot to shout about tonight. And I've got a lot to rejoice over because God just gave me a hope for tomorrow. Come on, stand to your feet and clap your hands to the Lord. What has God brought you through? What has God preserved you for this time for? He hasn't preserved you to be a sour pickle. He hasn't preserved you and done all that He's done for you so you can sit there like a wooden end did. He's done all that for you to be a testimony. He's done all that for you to say, as Moses said, God, you've just begun to show me your strength. When I look back over all that you've done, 40 years of miracles, what I'm seeing is just your beginning. And so Paul picks up the pen in the New Testament and he says in the book of Philippians that he who has begun a good work in you. What what how many of you think you know what it says? He that hath begun a good work in you, finish it. Shall? He that hath begun a good work in you, shall what? Complete it? No. I'm guilty. I read it in my, in my own spirit. I read this verse to myself. That what he hath begun in me, he will finish it. Somebody pull that verse Philippians chapter 1 verse 9 I believe it is Verse 6 Philippians 1 verse 6 He that hath begun A good work In me Will Perform it (laughs) So there's nothing about God That's finishing yet He's still up to stuff, Brother Miller. He's still up to stuff, Brother Manny. He's still making ways. He's still providing the income when you need it. He's still opening doors where you see no door. When you come to a Red Sea and you think it's too much, just understand He's already been there and He's already given you a witness of what He can do. And so when you get to that moment in your life, don't throw up your hands in despair. Throw up your hands in praise and say, Oh, thank you, God, for what you've begun. Because what you've begun, you're going to perform. You're going to perform it over and over and over and over. And over and over again, you're going to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. When I look back over our history and I see all that we've been through, I don't feel sorry for us. I'm grateful that God trusted us enough to allow us to go through these things. Because I can tell you, not everybody has spared as well. Amen. I'm not bragging on me, I'm bragging on you tonight. This is the most resilient church I've ever been around in my life. You can take a hit and get back up. Why? Because it's not the end, it's just the beginning. Why would you want to quit when God's just getting started? Why would you want to give up when God's just beginning? And I'm here to tell you, greater life, that everything we've witnessed up until this moment is just God's beginning. It's just the start. And He's going to keep performing it and performing it and performing it and performing it and performing it until one day he's going to say okay y'all come on up here because here's what we're seeing about God is that he is the God of eternity and the reason you only see his beginning is because there is no end (laughs) man one of these days this world as we know it is going to come to a conclusion but my life isn't coming to an end I'm just going to exchange mortality for immortality. I'm going to exchange a corruptible body for an incorruptible body. I'm going to move up to a different place. I'm going to have a, 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 a different relationship at that moment. But then I'm really going to get a glimpse. What's forever like? <laughs> oh, what is forever like all I can do is just look back and see a beginning but when I look ahead there's no end amen I want to encourage somebody here tonight that's having a hard time right now you're having a hard time trusting God you're having a hard time believing that God loves you or God cares for you just take a moment and look back over your personal life and count the times God kept you there. He saved you there. He prevented that there. He didn't let that happen to you there. You didn't even know about that one, but he kept you from that one. And then this one and then that one and this one and how many how many how many are there back there? I cannot tell you. But I know all of that back there is just a witness to what is up here. That that's just a testimony because there is no end to Him. He's just always beginning, 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 beginning. And that's why I'm so excited about the future of Greater Life Church. I know that one of these days I'm going to vanish from the scene, but Greater Life Church is not going to vanish until the day the Lord said, Come on up higher. And when we go up high, we're just going to be a greater church than greater life church. So here's what we need to do. Every time we walk through these doors, we need to be expecting the supernatural. We need to be expecting God to do the miraculous. We need to be expecting God to do unbelievable, marvelous thing. We need to be expecting it's going to be another blowout today. We need to be expecting it's going to be another Holy Ghost service today. Why? Because God is only beginning. He's only beginning. He's only beginning. And what He is beginning, He's going to perform it. He's going to keep working it, working it, working it, working it, working it, working it. i got something to shout about Right now, because God has just begun, I know it's coming. Why? Because when I look back, I see the breakthroughs that He gave me back there, and they're just a witness to what He's going to do right now. Oh, yes! Come on, sing it! My faith, I see a miracle.